0: Welcome to the Optimal Health Podcast from Hudson Physicians, getting you back to optimal health when you're feeling sick, stressed, overwhelmed, or run down. Today, we're gonna be joined by CEO Matt Brandt and Dr. Ryan McFarland as we're gonna have a Frequently Asked Questions segment, all the questions you wanna know about the COVID-19 as we update you on the Optimal Health Podcast. Let's join that podcast right now. And we welcome you back to the Optimal Health Podcast. We're all masked up here at the Hudson Physicians in Hudson, Wisconsin. Be sure to check them out at HudsonPhysicians.com. And uh, we have a podcast that's going to have plenty of information, kind of a frequently asked questions of Mm -hmm. how the evolution of uh, COVID-19 has gone, how things are going here, services that are available Mm -hmm. for those that are not sure what's happening, and and other uh, components to that as well. Let's just dive right into this right here, right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, you know Matt and I talked first and foremost I think testing is obviously super important mm-hmm. and that really people should not let the dollar sign get in the way of getting in and getting tested because nope. there are ways that this is paid for correct
1: yes uh that's a that's a great point i think uh, one of the frequently asked questions i get is around you know what does it cost for testing and that sort of thing and the good news is um the governments right now have stepped up and the health plans have stepped up too. the health insurance companies. And if you have health insurance, your visit and all the care related to the COVID, so the testing as well, is covered at 100%. And then if you don't have insurance or you have some uh, issue like that, the county and the state of Wisconsin is taking care of that as well. So so right now, cost should never be a barrier. If you need to get tested, you should come in and get tested and we'll help get that taken care of for you.
0: Well, Matt, the word you said is don't let cost be a barrier to uh, getting tested, which is so critically important. Yep. Uh, Doctor, from your perspective, Uh, just from an overall testing Mm -hmm. you know we've had different versions of what's happening and we've heard people with the the, you know some people are nervous about the up the nose deal and Mm -hmm. you know bringing a tear out of your eye it's rough Uh, how are you guys testing here and are there different forms of it and what's the best way from what you've seen
2: so we're doing the nasal swabs up the nose that most people are familiar with and it's uncomfortable the reason we're doing that it's got the least amount of user error so the most likely to get an accurate test for us um, and it's well tolerated even on little kids like you said they may get a little tear in their eye but it's well tolerated we're not having too much of an issue with that but it's going pretty well
0: and how many tests are you guys running per day now out of this clinic
1: uh we you know just this past week around between 70 to 100 a day so and um but we've tested we're almost up to 2000 to date so
0: okay so if i'm thinking i'm was either exposed or symptomatic Mm -hmm. I should come in now the question is is in the early going it would be don't come in until Mm -hmm. you've got you've you know gotten this far along so now has it gone to more of you know we can handle the volume here Or, or what's your what's your guide on that doctor
2: absolutely if you're exposed or have any symptoms come in get tested that day we have urgent care nine to nine seven days a week walk in you can get tested we can educate you around what that means. We're following the Wisconsin Public Health guidelines in that testing and exposure is anyone who's tested positive for COVID-19 and you've spent at least 15 minutes with them within six feet of them is considered an exposure. And if you're not sure or you're wondering if there's other testing, always make an appointment. We can walk you through it and talk and discuss having a test done.
0: Very interesting point on the 15 minutes because I had someone who's doing a uh, contact tracing mm-hmm app or something i don't know who knows what he's doing but mm-hmm. what he was suggesting and saying is that it's not just walking past someone down the street it's mm-hmm. you have to have i think he said something like six passes or something like mm-hmm. that it, it, can you kind of talk on that a little bit what that means
2: yeah so it's it's kind of repeated exposure the thought is you know you need to be exposed to the virus but it needs to be in a high enough concentration for long enough time to actually become infected So that's where that 15-minute time frame within six feet comes from. Or if you're in an enclosed space and repeatedly passing this person or at a large enclosed gathering with poor ventilation, that would be another reason to get tested, which is why some large groups will get tested as well.
0: Are you finding that uh, we know in New York City, obviously with very close dwelling and people right side by side, that families tend to kind of tumble a lot quicker. So the, the more you are within a... A confined space of living, the more likely it is that most family members are going to get it. Are you learning that from what you're seeing here?
2: That's the thought and we definitely see that but we've also been surprised where a family member will be positive and the rest of the family's negative so that's not correlating as much and that may be because people are so cautious on doing social distancing, good hand washing hygiene even within the home, um, but it definitely does if when family members are positive it's much more likely to spread, spread throughout the household.
0: In terms of the asymptomatic people, we've heard a lot about that. There's plenty of people, mostly younger from what we're understanding, walking around that may have it. Uh, I've heard two reports. One says that you can pass it with as an asymptomatic person mm-hmm. and another one that says you can't. Where do you stand on that?
2: Confused like everyone else. Okay. <laughs> um, we think that likely there is some form of asymptomatic spread. Now, the question is are the people who are asymptomatically spreading it, do they become symptomatic later? Or is it if you're asymptomatic and remain asymptomatic, do we spread it? And the short answer is we don't entirely know, but we suspect like most illnesses, there is at least some form of asymptomatic spread. And we are seeing that in the people we test who someone was tested positive, they're asymptomatic, so they come and get tested and they were also positive.
0: Another question I would have that I've heard a lot of is the surfaces. So we heard that, you know, boy, it lives forever on a surface, and they're really going. And then I heard again now that, well, no, it doesn't really, it's more just, you know, uh, uh, through, through airborne. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, where's your position on that?
2: Yeah, and we, as they've done tests on this, early on it was where is this virus? And that's where those reports came out on how long can they detect the virus on those surfaces before it dissolves or goes or breaks down. And what we've seemingly learned is it doesn't seem to be spreading off of contact as much or as easily as we initially thought. It is much more person-to-person contact, those droplets, the spit, which is why we believe masks help decrease spread, and much more of that close, intimate contact, that you know, 15 minutes spent within six feet of someone.
0: Where are you guys at in terms of herd immunity versus vaccines versus therapeutics? It's kind of a broad question. Yeah. But I mean, do you do you have a school of thought? Which one do you want you wanna take this one, Matt?
1: Yeah, I'll kinda of add a little bit to the previous conversation and just kinda of give an example I think that's interesting. Is so we're a healthcare facility with two hundred and forty mm-hmm. employees that are here every day. And we haven't had any of our employees get sick yet. Are you serious? Yeah, I've yep. one. So that's been very good. We have we have, we do have one person, but she wasn't even, she wasn't she didn't get sick here, wasn't even, she was working mm-hmm. from home and got sick. So But nobody in our building has been exposed, and I think this goes back to what I think Dr. McFarland was just talking Mm -hmm. about: just simply passing somebody in a hallway, probably not going to spread it. But working, he and I working side by side Mm -hmm. would spread it. But this is where the masks help: is that because if he and I work side by side, but we got appropriate gear on, then we're doing a good job Mm -hmm. and we're not not spreading
0: it. Is this an N95 that I'm wearing right now, or it's a surgical mask? Okay, Okay. and where does that fit into that category?
2: So the surgical masks and the cloth masks and. things most people are wearing, that's tr- preventing spread from yourself to other people. It might not protect you personally as much, but it helps prevent the spread. The N95 gives a little bit better spread protection, but it also that protects healthcare workers. So our urgent care is where we see all sick people and our people up here are wearing gowns, gloves and an N95 mask to not only protect themselves, but to be sure we're also not sp- spreading it to anyone else.
0: It's incredible really stunning and impressive number that we've been able
1: to make it that far into this without that being the case and i think Mm -hmm. what we're seeing is a lot of other employer groups call us and what we find is like uh the the kitchen staff are working side by side in a very hot area sweating they are the ones that are spreading with each other but the guy that works the grounds crew mowing the greens is not getting it Mm -hmm. um to him obviously because he's not that close to so that's a little bit what we've learned about i think Mm -hmm. the virus over time is that that is a good way to prevent it is just by keeping your gear on, but also just making sure you're not in that close contact like
0: we've been doing for a while with social
1: distancing and stuff.
0: So that really, really is working. Yeah. So um, for it, back to my, my, my question then as far as, well, one other thing well, before we get off this, so you said you've tested roughly 2,000 people, correct? Yeah. Out of those 2,000 people, what percent of them have come up positive?
1: So that's a, good, a great one. So early on in this, so, and even then, we were only testing really sick people early on, and then as we went, we were only getting about 3% of the people who were testing positive. And this past couple of weeks has jumped up to about 7%. So if we were to test 100 people, 7 would be positive. Um, and so what we've seen that kind of be, uh, in the state of Wisconsin, the average is between 8 to 10 So the St. Croix County area is still a little bit below average, but we're kind of climbing. And that's a little bit since all the you know, economy is very open back up and activity mm-hmm. around us, so we've seen that climb up. Now the really good news on this, uh, we've had zero people we've had to hospitalize here.
0: Mm -hmm. Ever? or Through our clinic.
1: Through our clinic.
0: So out of all of those people, is this just the the patient that you're getting or is there something that uh, you're doing here on your end that's uh, helping keep them from advancing to a hospital bed?
2: I think it's it's the patients. Our patient health in this area is generally pretty good and I like to believe we provide good primary care keeping our patients healthy but Um, some of it's the patient. We know that while the hospitalizations are happening, it's generally in our elder sick, more sick population in general. And because our case rate is so low, our hospitalization rate is going to be lower in this area for between our case rate being low and our general health of our population.
0: So you're reaping the benefits of what happens here. With your with your clinic and all the things that you do and all the things we've talked about about staying healthy, mm-hmm. that's number one. And number two, you've got a favorable demographic too mm-hmm. yeah. in this area. It's not probably not as matured out age wise as others are, mm-hmm. and so that's that's helping the process too.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, if you were went to Florida in a county with a giant retirement community, that's going to be a dangerous population, and that obviously doesn't exist here in Hudson. I think the other advantage we had is that uh, we're lucky to be far enough outside the city where we kind of watched everybody else go through it first and then we were able to react. And you know, St. Croix County was a little slow to get it. So we were able to be geared up. And I think the nursing homes in this county have done a really good job too. We've talked to a lot of them over the year uh, over the year and throughout the last few months. And they've done a really good job of gearing up, but they were ahead of the curve because they saw the other mistakes being made in New York and mm-hmm. you know Minneapolis and stuff, so.
0: You know, in, in Minnesota, it's what? almost 80% of the deaths that have occurred there have Mm -hmm. been from nursing homes Mm -hmm. and care facilities. And I think if you took those numbers and you included New York, New Jersey, and, you you know, Washington State, and you started kind of going through the whole nation, I bet you it's well in the 60%, Mm -hmm. 65% at least ratio of that. In the end, is this, I mean, when you get older, you become unhealthier Mm -hmm. because you're older. It's like, you know, I hate to say it. I always like it like a car, you know, and things wear out. But is this, if you're not a nursing home patient in that type of scenario, is, and you are having problems and you do have the underlying conditions, that, is that a, a testament to how unhealthy not just America is, but the world is with all the numbers that way? Does that kind of show a little bit of that or expose that?
2: It shows a little bit. And it's something we're asking and looking into, and we likely won't know the full answer until after this is over. But we do know that the more unhealthy and age the population is, the worse the outcomes are. Um, so there's definitely a correlation there, what that is and how that virus interacts. We're still learning and figuring out, but there is some correlation there.
0: So with Optimal Health in our podcast here, we always try to find ways to help keep people healthy. And so are there things people can do even today in lieu of this? I mean, you know, you hear about the vitamin D, the mm-hmm. sun, I mean, I get a lot of it because I'm outside, but does does that help? I mean, are there other things they can do from a health perspective to be better?
2: Yeah, I mean, the... Vitamin D, the study coming out of that is interesting. It's promising. Also, vitamin D is, you know, a pretty harmless supplement in and of itself, as long as people aren't taking ridiculous amounts of it. Mm -hmm. And especially in the Northern Hemisphere where, you know, summer months, yeah, we get plenty of sun, but general, we have vitamin D deficiency. So I think it'd be a reasonable thing to try, especially if you're stuck indoors. The other big thing is mental and physical health, especially with the quarantine, people not seeing family members, friends make sure you're wat- people are watching out for that. Get outside, exercise, walk, talk to people, find ways to keep yourself healthy, physically and emotionally.
0: Are you seeing, both of you, any of uh, increased upticks with, with that type of scenario where people are kind of bogged down from, from the whole staying inside and, and, and isolating?
2: Absolutely, it's definitely a lot more anxiety and depression and worry around this, which I think is a completely understandable and reasonable Response, and I think all of us feel it to some degree.
0: So as we move forward into what's you know viewed as a second wave or whatever that way, we may even be in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. As uh, you know, more and more, obviously the tests are saying that more and more people are, and we're learning more that way. But but do you feel as though if there's a second wave, I mean, if you were in charge and you were uh, Doctor Fauci? Would you have the uh, wherewithal or thought to say we got to shut it down or would you try to fight through it based off of what you just said with the mental health part of it?
2: And that is an answer that there are people a lot smarter than me wrestling with and it's not an easy answer. Um, there's quite a few people I follow along this and right now, we avoiding shutdown as much as we can is reasonable because it decimates our economy and there's huge reaching impacts with that. But mask wearing has been shown or at least anecdotally showing that it does slow down the spread and allows us to keep our economy open. And all I can say is, at the end of the day, I'm not. I'm glad I'm not the one who has to make that decision.
0: Yeah, for sure. And how about you, Mr. CEO? Oh yeah, yeah. I see how oh, this is a good I deferral. I yeah, 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 <laughs> I That's, That's right. the best <laughs> transition I've ever seen. <laughs>
1: no, it was great. No, um, you know, I, I agree with what he's saying, and I would say that I think from if everybody does what we do, the masking, we know a lot more about it now, and <laughs> we know which populations to protect better and do a really good job. And I think. We've gotten better here at the clinic. I know the nursing homes have gotten better. I know the hospitals know how to treat people better. So I don't think we're realistically going to head down that full-down shutdown path again. We just got to keep getting better at isolating and we're using the information that we can.
0: That brings me to another question about what you just brought up, Matt, about the hospitals treating uh, patients better. Uh, From the two of you, from your perspective, what are some of the things, when we go all the way back to February, when we kind of started talking about this, and watching this sort of unfold. Mm-hmm. What are some of the key components that you've seen that have changed from day one to mm-hmm. now here in July?
2: I know a lot of the hospitals I see is it's being uh, better at selectively intubating people on who we intubate and using steroids at different times and trying to prevent this um, overwhelming of the immune system that they were seeing and I think they've gotten a little bit better at that Um, and they just have a better way of managing and keeping these patients safe but it's still dangerous in that situation but they've definitely improved.
0: Uh, Back on the testing question uh, this one was I thought of it at the time and and now I think it's it's decently relevant are, is there a segment where you should say, no, just don't worry? Or are you guys just open to, you know, What what's your stance on who should be getting tested? So here's an example. Uh, my daughter works for uh, a, a place that, that, Someone tested positive, so then everybody had to go home and self-isolate, and then they wanted to bring a few people back, and they brought her back. So she tested once, and then she was home for a week and a half or two weeks, two weeks, whatever, and then she had to test again. You know, So that's two tests. Mm-hmm. And you know, does that put a lot of pressure on the system, or where are you guys at in terms of volume and, and that kind of thing? No,
1: I, I, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. So I would say in that scenario that might have been a little bit more than is needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I would say in general, if you're really, really worried about it, you know, we'll come in and we'll talk to you and we'll test if needed. Uh, so that's why you just got to talk to the doctor because I do think there's individual circumstances that surround that as well. But realistically, if you are just like we talked about, like if you're passing in a hallway or your mother's brother's, whatever's sick, and you didn't see that person for four months, like we don't need to test you. Yeah. Uh, it's more that back to that 15 minutes of really close contact with no mask. Uh, on and um, you know you, and that would be the scenario we'd want to test you because I think we're just we don't want to tax the system with just testing a bunch of people who really aren't in being impacted so
0: well when I mean, you think about the numbers the mm-hmm. the percents that are infected and aren't there's it, odds are pretty good that you're not mm-hmm. so if you think you have the symptoms two-prong question have you ever done this? I think I brought this up in a different podcast. It's like, oh, God, I feel a little warm. You know, you, know, you yeah. start making up the symptoms. You know, yeah. I mean, do you run into that? And then also, if they don't have it, then what is it?
2: So, yeah, I mean, we run into it as all of it, like we've talked previously, kind of thinking you have it. If anyone is sick, thinks they have symptoms, of it, we're going to offer a test and talk about testing. Um, but, you know, we know it's a low rate of testing. There's still plenty of other viruses, other common cold viruses and things that spread around causing you to be ill. Seasonal allergies, sinus infections are all still out there, and that's still going to be the vast majority of these illnesses. But those ones don't have the complication rates that coronavirus does, which is why we test to kind of make sure we can keep people safe.
0: What about the antibody test? Do you guys do that? Is that I mean, you hear about it, but do people come in? Are you encouraging that? What's the stance there?
1: I'll give kind of just two parts to that, and I'll let Dr. McFarland finish it off. But we do offer the antibody tests um, that is covered by the insurances as well and stuff. We, there's two different kinds of antibody tests out there, and I think a lot of people get confused because there's some ones that are these kit tests that people are using, and that test for that there's two different kinds of antibodies, test for the more fast-acting one. Uh, we don't do that one instead we would do the other test which is not the antibody test if it's looking to diagnose it today mm-hmm. but if you thought you had it two months ago we can do another test which is an antibody test that's called the igm or igg and the igg part of that we can test going back and that's much more accurate uh, so i think there's a lot of confusion about antibody tests being accurate and that's mm-hmm. the difference there's what they're using them for um so we offer that here and we have had people who mm-hmm. got the other test and had, we found they had it two you months su- ago Really surprised we actually found it back in the county early, uh, late February is one of the first couple cases that we've now mm-hmm. traced back to.
0: So so uh, how do you execute that test? What is What type of test is that?
2: It's a blood draw. It's a mm-hmm. blood test looking for that specific IgG antibody. And um, we've done, I'm just looking at our numbers at least as of this morning, 306 of them, and we've had 10 positives. So very low positive rate. Mm but that also kind of leads into the question which a lot of people are asking now is how long does do these antibodies stick around oh so that leads into the question of is it dissipating faster than we think and that immunity not sticking around we don't know but it's a question to ask regarding those percentages
0: boy that's an interesting study for sure i mean to see where that where that that's going to evolve to um question into the the terms of Mm -hmm. what's next uh you know school is obviously a big discussion point and We've got all sorts of you know we get into the the mental health of that teachers doing videos it's mm-hmm. and they're not learning there's all kinds of things that can play into that, so we've got that kind of looming we've got the sports stuff looming uh with the kids and with the pros, obviously, but there's all sorts of different layers to this mm-hmm. in in your best estimation will this Kick back up again. I mean, it's kicking up. A little. I mean, obviously we're testing more, but do you see a problem come winter where we're going to really have to evaluate things, you guys? What, what what's your thought there?
2: Quite possibly, that's the big concern. I mean, with all the issues you highlighted about not going back, I think it's important to find some way to go back and you know decrease the effects of this isolation. But we need to. Our public health officials are working at trying to find the best, safest ways to do it. And if we start finding we're flaring up and overwhelming things again, we'll have to readjust and hopefully come together as a community and be able to respond appropriately.
0: What we do know is if you don't have a mask and there's mass gatherings and you're hanging out and you're side by side and you're this and you're that, Mm -hmm. uh, you're most likely going to be spreading or, or contracting the disease the, 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 yeah. disease, the virus and uh, that's going to be a bigger problem so when you get to the schools you know i've heard some people say you know you go monday wednesday friday you know you have your group split in half there's all sorts of different schools pardon the, th- the pun yeah. of thought there but i mean this is a very fluid thing and i think our yeah. culture needs to remain flexible and that's yeah. what you guys here can do do you have anything set up in terms of discussion forums or line numbers people can call I mean I don't know if, if, if you're reaching out that far or have you considered anything like that Matt no
1: that, that's a great question I think uh, I'm kind of just backtracking a little bit to the original part of that but we will learn more every month mm-hmm. I think that's what's been unique about this is how fast we are learning mm-hmm. and the, you know if we think about what we can test for today and how fast we're doing our tests compared to what we were two months ago so two months from now, we'll probably have a rapid test, right? I mean, it just keeps getting better and that will definitely help with getting back yeah. to normal stuff. Um, and we're learning more about the treatment and the spread. So I do think if we just, like you said, it's almost like stay flexible, keep learning, absorb the information. And then uh, from our standpoint, we're really just asking patients, you know, uh, if you have any issues, health issues, mental health issues, I mean, feel free to reach out to us. We can do a telemedicine appointment if you're worried about getting in. Um, you know, we can test you if need be, mm-hmm. but it's it's we can t- you can talk to the doctors. They're able to, to to see you and take care of you.
0: That's great. That's where I was going with that question. Uh, telemedicine number again for everybody.
1: You'll always do this to me. Now I always forget my number. No, 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 I, mean, I, hey, <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. No, that? no. Uh, it's it's the five three one and then six eight zero zero.
0: So with a seven one five. Yeah, right? seven one five. Yeah. Okay. So, guys, did I miss anything here? Is there anything that's uh, standing out, doctor, that uh, maybe we should be uh, tuned into as a society to, uh, to get through this and, uh, and support those that we, we shouldn't forget.
2: Yeah. I think, I think I mentioned in one of the previous podcasts it's just be kind and understanding with each other. There's a lots of polarizing views, political politics with this, be kind to each other, respectful. Um, the, we briefly mentioned it, but you know, the, uh, herd immunity is something that's been brought up. You know, we're, roughly 70% of the population would have to be infected at the minimum to get herd immunity, and that's if immunity lasts. We won't reach that unless we get a vaccine, which at this point is not looking like it's gonna be anytime soon. So respecting each other, wearing masks, trying to protect people as much as we can, following the public health guidance is gonna be our best um, best uh, fight for this.
0: And then in terms of therapeutics, gotta ask that real quick, where do, where do you stand on those and, and how are those working?
2: For the coronavirus itself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now, there's nothing specific. It's just your preventative medicine, staying healthy, and maybe take some vitamin D, especially if you live in the northern hemisphere or not outside much.
0: So we're just sort of battling it. And then uh, the the, the final question on the herd immunity. 70% of 350 million or whatever the number is, is a massive number Mm -hmm. of infections. So good luck with that. Mm -hmm. So after that is said, is that the case with other flu viruses? Uh, do we get to herd immunity after a couple of years with that? Is that what it requires? How does that work?
2: It's the, the Our vaccine is what allows us to get a herd immunity with the flu virus every year. It, and it ah, changes quickly, okay. which is why you need a flu virus every year. But the better our vaccine uptake, when we approach that 80% vaccine uptake in communities, that's when you can get herd immunity within a community.
0: Okay, great. Uh, that's uh, good stuff to have. Anything else, guys? You good? No, great. All right, that's awesome. This is Hudson Physicians, HudsonPhysicians.com. We had another quality, optimal health podcast. Dr. McPartland, thank you. And uh, Mr. Matt Brandt, thank you as well. Thank
1: you. Thank
0: you. So long, everybody.